Hey guys, Caladan here. Uh, so coming up after our DraftKings show, we had a great chat with Wright Thompson, um, author of his uh, recently released book Pappy Land. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk uh, talk a lot about his uh, the time he spent with Julian. We talk a lot about Pappy, and you know, oddly enough, while it's uh, the you know the book is titled Pappy Land, I mean it's very interesting in how uh, you know Wright kind of took his. Um, how the book developed into, you know, a story really about the Van Winkle family yeah. and, you know, what their, their contribution to, uh, you know, to the whiskey industry and, uh, you know, kind of there's some of their stance and their take on, uh, you know, what Pappy's done for the market. So Dan and I had a great time oh, chatting yeah. with him. Hell of a lot of fun. Just, uh, just, you know, we haven't met him in person yet, but seems like just a fun guy to be around. And oddly enough, we uh, we talk quite a bit of golf in this thing. I mean, we really get into some we get into some Tiger stuff. I don't know, you know if you haven't uh, if you don't know who Ride is. I mean, he's definitely written several pieces uh, about Tiger. And, uh, you know, spent some time in the camp. He was in the, uh, the, the recently released, uh, tiger documentary. He had, a uh, he, uh, he had a piece in there. So yeah, stick around and, uh, yeah. And if you don't want to listen to DraftKings, just fast forward and listen to, uh, listen to the conversation with the right. It was a fun, it was a fun, fun chat guys. And we've actually recorded this before we recorded the tiger doc we did uh, with Matt that we released on Friday. We actually recorded this earlier that week and whatnot, but a lot of it's tiger week here at birdies and bourbon. It's tiger week. <laughs> it's tiger week. It's tiger week. <laughs> but it was so, a great, good chat. Yeah. A lot of golf talk, a lot of pappy talk. And, uh, let's just say if those two do get, if Cal and, and Wright do get together, oh my gosh, we're going to need, we're going to need reinforcements. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Be hey, fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, give us a like. We hope you're subscribing. If not click the subscribe button, it helps to keep us, uh, Keep us relative and current and uh, keep shows like this coming to you and folks like Wright Thompson. So uh, we appreciate it and uh, enjoy the show. Cheers. Cheers. Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm -hmm. If you don't, you will fall out of bounds. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, Dan, we got a lot to unpack on this one, buddy. So, uh, I don't know. I hope you don't have anybody coming up after this. You probably do. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, that, well uh, let, let's get football out of the way because this is a golf and liquor show, not football. But, uh, hey, what, what can you say, man? Whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether you're neutral, I mean, that, that – let me say, first off, that the Tampa Bay team in general, uh, with the assistance of, uh, of some of the refs, they, uh, they just mopped the floor – with um with the chiefs down there I, I i did not make my bet i uh i i definitely went for the over uh when you have one team that scores single digits it's hard to do so uh so yeah i lost some money there uh, i did bet uh tampa bay outright so the odds weren't great but uh yeah, it worked out fine but yeah uh what's he got seven rings uh what did, what he, he told uh belichick he said uh hey Catching up to you. Catching up to you. <laughs> you know what uh, so I kept yeah. thinking during this thing is uh, the last time, well, not the last time, but 
Earlier this year, we had the pleasure of hearing Barkley go after TB12 on the course. And he said, hey, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl over here. And oh, boy, did he. And oh, boy, did he. Oh, yeah. yeah doing, uh, he was doing wind sprints in the parking lot before uh, before the the, what, the match two or yeah match two, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he won it hands down. All right. And hey, without a doubt, no question. Uh, he said, oh, I'll be back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah if they can, they can keep that team together, man, it'll be interesting to see what they uh Interesting to see what they pull off. Exactly. Um, let's. Uh, all right. In other news, uh, back to golf. Back so to golf. Uh, the the Bash brothers have won uh, same weekend. Do you think this has rekindled a relationship? You think uh, you think uh, is is DJ going to bring uh, bring Brooks back? Say that real fast. Is DJ going to bring Brooks back uh, an extra barrel of oil? I think so. You know, he got one for a trophy. I. I I think for sure it's rekindled, rekindled a relationship. I'm not sure what kind of relationship that is, but let's just say that oil is definitely burning, buddy. <laughs> There's a fire starting right now. Yes. Yeah. What a way to kick yeah. off the season. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say. So that, uh, what is it, 17, the, the uh, you know, he kind of sprays it a little, or his approach shot hits it a little right, and, mm. uh, you know, just a, a hell of a, Hell of a chip shot up uh, up next to the hole, and then you got Xander, and I think mm. Justin was out by that point. But uh, both of those guys, you know, hit it left in the water. Jordan. So I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, Jordan, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah hits it left into the water, and then you know that's kind of kind of deflating. So you know, congratulations to Brooks. Good to uh, good to see him back. Oh, by the way, did you hear they're adding a fifth major? Well, I guess a sixth technically, if you want to look at uh, consider TPC the un- unnamed major. Oh, oh yeah, they're going to name. Um, uh, they're going to name the, uh, the Phoenix open is now going to be the, uh, the unnamed six major. Oh, nice. Due, due to Brooks's win, you know, I mean, oh, he only wins that, majors. That's, yeah. that's a good point. The trash open yeah, only, <laughs> only wins majors. You know, I, I thought it was uh, interesting. I want to talk about speed for, uh, for a minute before we get into our draft king draft Kings. But, um, you know, I, I thought it was interesting in, in the commentators and they were talking about, uh, all the folks that have helped, uh, helped Brooks kind of get back into form and where he's at. And, and it's no secret. And, and he addressed it in the press earlier in the week and said uh, that he and Claude had split uh, amicably. So, you know, but when they're announcing all the folks that kind of helped get Brooks to, to back to winning form, I uh, mentioned Butch, but he didn't mention Claude. So I'm like, ah, I mean, what, you know, I mean, is it too soon to announce that? I mean, he just split up with him, what, two weeks ago yeah. after three miscuts? Two I miscuts, think it was so. after the Masters he split up, but it got announced like two weeks ago or something like that. I think that's who knows. But yeah, I think it was a little while ago, but then it just got announced or whatnot. Yeah, maybe uh, it's too I, soon. I wonder if that was a bit of a rub, man, mm-hmm. because again, I, does he care? Does he not care? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, just split up. Uh, what is he? Did he miss two cuts or three? I think it was three in a row. Three, yeah, three in a row. So yeah. three missed cuts, and you come back for a for a victory. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't uh, you can't knock the guy. I mean, he uh, he, you know, he did he win it? Did the other guys lose it? I, I don't know. But I thought uh, Jimmy Con Jimmy Con lost it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which he's making an appearance at Pebble Beach this week. So I don't know. Is he? Uh, is he? Is he playing for blood this week? He remember he was at minus nineteen. He gave some shots back. I mean, he yeah. he, was, he was right there. And I'm kidding about the name, but uh, no, he played. He played great until you know Sunday. I and mean, then he the back nine on Sunday got him. But man, that guy was striking the ball. He was doing great. Yeah. Speaking of striking the ball, um, if uh, if Spieth can uh, can get that driver just halfway tuned up man i mean he, i think i heard him the other i don't know if it was saturday or sunday he's like please hit the car path please hit the car path 
<laughs> he's the most <laughs> animated guy ever. <laughs> but yeah, he man, he was really jawing, boy. I, I thought uh, I thought uh, I thought his roommate, oh JT, liked to run his mouth on the course. Boy, Speed is like that dude was talking that ball down, man. You know, he he was pointing at Michael over there. You know, get, you know, come on, he Michael. Did a, he, he almost did a go get that. Uh, I, I don't think that's what it was. I, or I don't know. Maybe he might have been joking. You know, kind of reliving. Uh, reliving uh you know past championship mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I, I hey good good to see him i mean everybody no i didn't hear anybody say a bad word about jordan even no. when he was just missing uh fairway after fairway after <laughs> fairway and so here's the thing right so i, I thought his ball tr- ball striking was impeccable I, I i mean was just fantastic i mean he was hitting great i wouldn't necessarily say he was hitting it close but he was hitting greens uh, from just some piss poor drives and man, was that guy, was his putter hot this week, dude? I mean, yeah. he was draining putts like crazy. So yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. I, hey, I, I hope it's more to come. It's really put me in a dilemma. I know. Uh, for, I was getting some dra- text messages. For DraftKings, yeah. yeah. For DraftKings <laughs> this week, man. I mean, I am like up in arms. I'm like, I'm like, who do I go with? Who do I go with? Uh, yeah. For, for my, for my top guy. But, uh, I think somebody was making some early, uh, Augusta claims too. Well, I mean, if he if he's coming in on form, man, I hey, I mean, <laughs> I can could you argue? No, I, I don't know that I could. Well, I don't know. You know, look at look at what look at DJ. I mean, is that is he right now in current form? Is he the most dominant number one we've said? He is definitely the most. Well, I guess he's not number one. Didn't uh, uh, didn't Xander bump him from the number one spot of of the official world golf rankings? Yeah. Um, I can check real quick. Hold on. Um, yeah, check that because I, I thought I saw in like the, uh, the post interviews where they said Xander might've jumped up to, uh, to number one. No, DJ's been... still number one. Maybe it's FedEx cup points. Maybe I said it. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. I, I did hear something that he had moved up. I was uh, I was pre gaming for the Super Bowl, so you know you can imagine uh, <laughs> can imagine I, my my hearing may have been yeah, a little Xander's cloudy. Xander's number one in FedEx point. FedEx, FedEx points. points. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was, stuff. but mm-hmm. I mean, a win this week, you know, was Xander not playing? I mean, hey, you know, that that's uh, that's going to be a shuffle. I, I got a feeling we're going to see uh, you know throughout the year with these guys kind of on and off in, in tournaments and you know playing overseas and such. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But Xander played great and just, just struggled on Sunday, man. Struggled on Sunday. Story of his life, I, right? I told you, I think it was at the end of day Friday. I'm like, I think this is Anderson. I think it's his to lose, and it was. And he was right there, man, right there. Yeah. How'd your uh, How'd your one and done do this week? My one and done made it. He was like T22 or something like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason, no, no need to rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but burger, burger ain't going to my lineup this weekend. What's that? Hey, that fool will probably uh, pull something off. But oh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm like, what the hell happened there, man? I mean, how did that dude miss that field? I know. I don't know. He's so good. I don't know how he could miss that. I was concerned about my one and done because he was kind of riding the line there on Friday. And I'm yeah, like, oh, I leave it to him. me to pick the guy doing the damn TikTok videos and he's going to miss the cut. <laughs> <laughs> I have my fingers crossed for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I knew he wouldn't get, I mean, I knew he was going to be at the back of the pack. So, well, I guess mid pack, right? What'd you say? T22 for, yeah. uh, for Bubba. So, yeah. 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 So I'll make, I think I made like, uh, I don't know, like 50,000 bucks and on that, something like that. Yeah. On the points. Yep. Yeah. Uh, oh, hold on. So I'm, I, I'm sorry. I got to go back to football for just a second, but when did this weekend guy, <laughs> when did he become like a standalone, um, Super Bowl halftime show. I, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I'll tell you during the whole thing, and it's just, just my perception. I mean, I saw a dude pulling off like a, um, uh, 
like a, like a Michael Jackson uh, impersonation. Yeah. That, that, the whole time. Yeah. I mean, he it, outfit. You got the people with the masks on, and I get it. it you know, it's the song. You know, you got the gauze and stuff. But then he goes into like the uh, what? What is it? Like the the point of view thing? You know, where he's, he's got holding the camera and he's in the the mirrored room. And I'm like, that, I've seen this Michael Jackson video like that dozens of times. Well, I mean, not dozens, but I've seen. <laughs> I know what the video. Yeah. But I mean, I, everything that he did, I could have equated it back to or, or related it back to. A Michael Jackson video. And I'm like, I didn't. And when, when's the last time we've had a single performer? I don't know. Yeah. It, at the, it's like, it, yeah. Solo performer. I mean, usually that somebody's coming in, right? If it's somebody old school that's playing with them or what have you. Well, but I, well look at this. Like it's in last year. I mean, not even JLo could do it on solo. She had to have Shakira with her. <laughs> exactly. That's my point. I'm like, well, I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Anyway, maybe, maybe I need to brush up on me. I need to move past, uh, my outlaws country and I need to be listening to more, uh, more more new uh, new music because I had no idea this guy. We'll was, ask uh, was Ted from Fury what he thinks. I'm sure he's got some insights. Ah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'll yeah. go check out Fury's playlist and see how many songs he's got on there. That's what we'll do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All nice. right. Enough of that football business. Back to golf and whiskey. What mm. what are we thinking here, Dan? What are we thinking? Uh, um, well, number one, Dustin's got a long plane ride to come over here to Bubble Beach. That's for sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hold on just a second. We're, so we're heading back to the West Coast. Heading back to California. And uh, we're going uh, we're going to hit the Monterey Peninsula. Uh, we are going from three courses down to two courses this year. So they'll play Spyglass once and then they'll play uh, the Pebble Beach course three times. So uh, does it make a difference or not? I, I kind of I did kind of weigh that on, on a pick or two. Um, relatively short courses both are under 7,000 yards pebble beach playing at 6800 so uh, i think the average driving distance uh last year was under 300 yards so you know the i guess it uh, does it benefit the bombers i mean there's some of them out there uh i mean that's kind of what you get right so uh we're moving to poa greens so you know i think some of these folks that are struggling uh you know to kind of find their stroke on bermuda there's going to be some advantages there but uh, yeah, man, looking forward to uh, we got to get out there and play. Yeah, uh, to see, uh, see sure. what the status of the old COVID is, and uh, we need to go. Uh, we need to go spend a week out there and and, uh, and tee it up, my man. Definitely got to make a hole in one on that Nance uh, Nance part three at his house. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to play that. So we'll skip the well, we won't skip the nineteenth. We'll play the twentieth hole, and then we'll go to the nineteenth hole. How about that? There you go. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, let's see. All right, man. Let's get into this. So as mentioned before, we're going to run a little bit of a condensed. Uh, we're going to go through our lineups. We had a few highlights, uh, but uh, we're going to kind of give you our picks and who we're going. I am going to hit on a couple of other individuals because uh, I got a couple, one dude that may be injured, another guy that I'm not sure if he's in or if he's out. Um, and then my, my my two lead guys, I'm I'm still, I think I'm, I'm going to pick it on here. I'm just going to shoot from the hip, but um, oh, you got DJ, DJ at $12,000. Is, is there any chance that DJ isn't going to win this thing? No, I think he's, I think he's going to win the thing. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is what, you know, again, I, I hate to say it like this, but you know, if you just look at the, at the, at the, the field, I mean, this is the weakest field that we've had this season mm. and uh, you got the number one player in the world coming in at 12,000, uh, $12,000. Uh, what is, I mean, there's lots of we're, uh, thank you, by the way, to fantasy national. That's where we're pulling all of our stats from. And, uh, I need to adjust my course here. 
I think it's still the same. I think he's number one in like uh, almost every. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost every, almost every category. Um, you know, I tried to do this before, but I had to get my drinks and uh, had to get everything ready. <laughs> DraftKings points. He's definitely number one. Uh, I, I didn't pick DJ this week. Uh, you know, I, I, maybe it's a bad move. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think everybody, I think I'm the only one that's not picking DJ this week. So, you know, hopefully I fall in that category of, uh, I've got a couple other guys that'll, uh, that'll kind of out, out, uh, outscore him. Mm-hmm. Not on the, not on, not on the, not on the course, but, uh, on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I gotta go. I gotta drop down to uh, ninety seven hundred. So I don't know who your first guy is. I so first off, I did not take anybody in that first tier. Um, in the ten thousand dollar and above tier, yeah, like DJ, I didn't take. Uh, he's just coming. That, that's a long plane ride coming over. So I didn't take him. Um, Cantley, expensive man. It's really expensive. And and you look at the options in this um, in this field. Everybody that I like is really expensive this week. Not, Ricky Fowler's missed like three cuts in a row, and he's like ninety two. And he didn't miss three cuts in a row. I'm just kidding about that. He did, <laughs> he did miss one cut in a row. So, but no. But he's like ninety two hundred bucks this week. That's expensive, man. Ooh, yeah. I got. I do have to make an adjustment. Uh, when like looked at my um, my lineup here, and uh, Wyndham Clark is and showing an O in DraftKings. Are you seeing that too? Mm, let's see. I don't see it yet, but that okay. doesn't mean it's not true. All right. So anyway, my first one is at um, ninety three hundred bucks. Well, hold on. I'm I'm got a ninety. I, so le- here's here's where I'm torn. Right. So let me tell you where I want to go. I really I really want to play Jordan Spieth this week. I mean, I really do. I I, I mean, the dude's um, course history here: T nine, T forty five, T twenty, won it in seventeen and twenty one. So, I mean, just just great great showings at pebble beach um, i figured you'd be drinking smoke wagon today if you're gonna get on that on that bandwagon yeah what would you see because i'm gambling because you get on that, that, that spieth bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know uh, i mean it's not too early uh and we're not we're not done yet so uh you know i could get there so you know here's the thing though i mean i liked what i, I well i liked what i saw up until sunday out of speed mm-hmm. and uh i had some flashbacks i had some flashbacks on him and you know the bigger thing with this is if he's not driving the ball good yeah that, that could be that could be some issues you might, you so, might yeah he might hit some into the uh, pacific over there right <laughs> anything's anything is possible that's for sure I, I i'm on the i'm on it too man i don't i'm not playing this week but uh, i do like what i saw last week and i think i think there's definitely that confidence boost is going to be big for him for sure yeah i hope he yeah. does great this week so i'll tell you where i did wind up though yeah. uh, uh and god i still want to pick him so bad but i think i think he's going to be he's going to be a heavy play I, I think that everybody's getting on there i think everybody's going to play speed i think he you know i think it's going to be dj and speed and then it's like what else can i afford right because send me to the six thousand dollar range yeah uh, I, I'm, I'm going jason day man nice um so even though he's missed uh what's he got he's missed uh three of his last four uh four cuts However, he's been inside the top five of his last four starts here. Uh, I mean, he's, and he's finished top six in all starts. So, you know, I know he's going through an equipment change. Um, yeah, you know, definitely shaky, uh, you know, kind of where he's at and, and what's happening. Uh, 
Uh, 34th in DraftKings points, obviously, right? I mean, he's not uh, he, he's not playing. I keep losing my uh, my thing here. Well, he was T5 and 17, T2 and 18, T4 and 19, and fourth last year. So the last two times he's played here is fourth. Yeah. I mean, it's. So I don't know. Is there a chance he's going to miss um, uh, four of his last five cuts? I don't know. Brooks didn't. Uh, I'm so, just saying he's got great history, great course history here. Yeah, yeah. that's what. Yeah, yeah. That, that, exactly. I mean, the the guy's just. Uh, I don't know how he's not going to play well here. Well, I do. I mean, if I look at his past uh, uh, past three tournaments, I can tell you how he's not going to play well here. But I'm still. I'm I'm rolling the uh, rolling the dice with uh, with Jason Day. That's my that's my lead guy. So. All right. Well, I got a guy at 9,300 bucks. No course history here, but. Uh, he is secretly, secretly creeping up into great form. Do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, you're talking about the sauce man. I'm talking about the sauce man, Frankie Onions. Yeah. The American Express, eighth place. And Farmers last week, 10th place. So he's only played two tournaments this year, both top 10s. Man, the guy is striking the ball. Uh, it was 81st at the Masters, but again, that was last year. He lives on the West Coast now. It's kind of his backyard. And I, I, like, I like Frankie Onions here. Yeah, I, I think that's a good pick. And you know, if you're if you've been watching what the guy's doing, I mean, everybody's talking about he's making a comeback. Uh, you know, I, I don't know—is this going to be where he makes it at? Uh, we'll see. But uh, you know, it's 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 definitely not a it's it's, it's a good place for him to uh, to make an appearance at for sure. Yeah, his game sets up well for it, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, again, it's not. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not a short hitter, but you know, I mean, there's nothing really to. to you know, to, to be scared of here. So other than it's the first time he's seen the course, right? It's not the first time he's seen it. It's the first time he's playing in this tournament. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. Uh, no love for Fowler here. Uh, Sam Burns. Uh, you know, I uh, didn't, didn't go that direction either. Uh, I'm, I'm at 8,900 next. How about you? Go. So uh, I'm going Kevin Strillman, man. Runner up mm. last year. Got T7, T6. Um uh, previous two years, he made six of eight cuts. And uh, where's uh, where's Streelman at? He's second in DraftKings points at this course. So, you know, I don't know. Around the greens, he is his uh, now. That's his weakest field at 119. But again, I, I don't. I'm not really worried about him around the greens, man. I mean, the dude's striking the ball really well. So, uh, I I like him. Uh, I, I like what's happening. Just trying to take a look at his. Uh, Streelman at T22 last week, T37 at the Farmers. He did miss the cut at the Amex, but yeah, I, I think Streelman is. Uh, I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to have another good run here. I, I'm at 8,600 bucks. I took Lefty. Oh yeah. Did you? Well, oh. he, that's that's another guy that's got a long playing flight. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> we know he's playing. We know, we know he's sleeping on his. Though he's got that private plane or whatnot. So uh, in 2018, he finished second here. Uh, 2019, he finished first, and then in 2023, he's got great course history. I mean, this is this is his kind of course. This is his backyard, right? And then if I look at the last 24 rounds on this course. He is shots gained total second in the field, sixth in tee to green, 13th ball striking first, short game first around the green, and 13th putting, and then third in DraftKings points. I mean, these are just great stats uh, for, for lefty. So I got a feel. I mean, all right, if, if he's at it, his form isn't fantastic, right? Of course, we know that. Um, but with this kind of field, I think, uh, I think the course history, I think he knows exactly what he wants to do and how he's going to approach this. 
Yeah, no, I, hey man, it's uh, course history says it all for uh, for lefties. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I see why you went there. Oh, actually, I got uh, I got I'm, I got one at eighty seven hundred bucks too. I'm sorry. Yep, go ahead. Yeah, yep. Nor, Norlander, I took Norlander. Um, really good recent form. So the American Express, he was twelfth. Farmers, he was second, and then Waste Management, twenty second. So just really good recent form for this guy. You and I played him a lot last year, and then um, you know t- towards the end of the year he started to slip a little bit. Um, but coming out of the the the, the break, Break, uh, the COVID break, he was playing great, but uh, yeah, started to a little bit. But then again, um, he's played six rounds here at this course, and um, the, the stats they're, they're they're green, they're green, they're not most of them aren't red. But uh, to the green thirtieth, uh, off the tee sixth, that's good. Uh, around the green thirty fourth, DraftKings points forty second. So for eighty seven hundred bucks, he's a little bit pricey, but I just love that recent form on this guy. All right, so $8,400. I'm going with Streaky Steel. Streaky Steel, Dan. Oh. Um, yeah, so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gambling a little bit on some of my picks from this point on. Well, a couple of them. Uh, we got... Um, uh, uh, he's finished top five at his last three starts. Uh, you know, I really don't want to go over his stats because, uh, you know, they're, they're not the best, but in recent form, I mean, the guy is, uh, you know, he's, he's looking good. So I feel like this is a guy that's putting it back together. You got T30 at the waste management T21 at, uh, the Amex and T4 at the Sony. Hmm. Um, so, you know, I like where Steele's at, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, this is, uh, I said earlier, he's, we're moving to Poa greens mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this, the, these, him moving to Poa greens, that's one of his better, it's one of his, uh, better, worse surfaces. <laughs> I don't know if that's a statement or not, but, uh, uh, you know, out of everything that he puts on, he's going to put best on Poa. So, uh, I'm rolling, uh, I'm rolling the dice with steel here. I think he's going to be, uh, I think he's going to be a low percentage owned and, uh, I think he may, uh, he may sneak in there for me. So nice, nice. I dropped down to uh, 7,800 if anybody in the middle. All right. I, I got, uh, I got Matt Jones, and uh, so Matt Jones, we got a T30 last week, T48, T21, T11. That's back through the Sony. Uh, so again, so three top 30 finishes in his last four. Uh, where's he at in? Uh, uh, T5 here last year, T53 and 19. He did miss the cut at 18, but then you got T23 uh, backed up by a T11. Damn. So. Uh, you know, again, once again, course history, you know, I, I think that's, uh, that, that's kind of my direction in, in where I'm going with Matt Jones, rank 40th in DraftKings points, uh, off the tee. He's uh 37. So, you know, it, 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 decent, right. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, for what's kind of around there, I mean, I, I think he, uh, I think he continues on a hot streak for me. Yeah. It's good. It's good pick. I went 7,800. I went, uh, your boy and Schnedeker. Oh, well, course history, man. What can you say? Yeah, so uh, he didn't didn't do well at the American Express. He was 127, so he missed a cut there. He did. He was uh, 32nd at the Farmers. Um, had a couple good rounds there, and um, like the course history here. So he's played here a lot, right? So he is coming in at 7,800 bucks this week. He's played 21 rounds here. Shots gained total. He is sixth. Uh, at this course with against this field, uh, Tita Green ninth, ball striking twenty first, short game short game eighth, 
around the green seventh putting 21st and DraftKings points 10th. I mean, those are some really good numbers. He's not had great course history lately, um, but I'm just, uh, I like the history overall. So I'm going to give him a play, especially since uh, I liked what I saw um, a couple weeks ago at Farmers. Uh, I'm down to uh, 7,500 bucks. So hold on, hold on. I got, I'm going to do, I got one more at 7,700 and then you got to help me do, um, a swap out considering, uh, Clark, Clark Clark went out at the last minute from me here. So I did this lineup around, I don't know, you know, noon today or whatever it was. And he was, he was in the lineup. So anyway, I got your lunch break eh? and my lunch break, uh, 7,700 bucks. I got HV three, um, waste management last week, 13th. Uh, which was great. Uh, didn't do well at Farmers, but I do like HB3. Again, 7700 bucks. He, let me pull him up here on the screen. It's all about the putter, buddy. All uh, about the putter. Exactly. 24 shots gained total, 19th Tita Green, uh, 18th in ball striking, 16th on approach, 47th in the putting, and 24th in DraftKings points. Uh, I think he'll do well here this week. It's yeah, only, he only one round, but yeah. Yeah, if he can keep his putter going, he's uh, he's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so my next uh, my next spot to fill, uh, I'm I'm torn, man. I don't know if I'm going to go Stallings or Piercy. Mm. Um, so course history, you got Stallings, uh, and and there is a price difference, but I, I'm not, I didn't spend it all this week anyway. I didn't didn't feel like I wanted to, uh, but I got Stallings. So he missed a cut last year, but then you got third, seventh, t fourteen. Piercy, you got T18, T10, T20, and T55. Well, let, let me rephrase it. I'm going to go Piercy if he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, Piercy did not play. I think he was uh, he was out last. Let me make sure that I'm saying that right. I think he was out last week. Yeah, he was out last week, and he was out for the Farmers, and then he had two previous cuts. How much is he? Uh, Seventy-one hundred bucks. Oh, okay. I don't think he. I don't think he's going to play because you got cut, cut, and then he withdrew from farmers and waste management. Okay. So, so I don't think he's playing. If he plays, I think it's kind of. I think it's noteworthy just to see what the injury is and what's happening. The two cuts is kind of scary, um, but you know, prior to he was uh, he was four for four cuts made and three top twenties. So again, that's uh, you know that that's back last year, but. Um, uh, so I'm probably going to go Stallings, you know, since looking at this, right? So you got uh, T36 last year, and you got two missed cuts. Um, so in his last 10 starts, uh, what do we got? Yeah, of his last 10 starts, he's got he placed in the top five. Uh, he's another guy that I think is stri- – he's I think he's striking the ball really well. Uh, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. He placed T36. Uh, or maybe I said that right. He was T36 at the waste management, and then he missed the past two cuts for this tournament. Uh, Stallings, yeah, he missed the cut. Then he was 3-7 and T14. So uh, the 3-7, T14, you know, I, I, I like it. I like where he's coming out off of last week. So I think I'm going to go Stallings in, in that uh, in that round. And here's the – so, yeah, so I'm going to go Stallings for this one. And then here's the other scary one. Um, is uh, I shouldn't say scary. That's a bad way to put it. Uh, but but he did miss the cut here last year. Uh, actually, one, two, three, four. So out of the past four uh, tournaments here uh, in 2019, he was T10. He's missed the other cuts. But it's Michael Thompson. Oh yeah. Um, in his last two starts, though, I think he's uh, T5. Uh, let me make sure. Uh, 
Uh, so he missed the waste management. He missed the cut there, but he was T5 at the Amex, T5, T25 at Sony, and T21 at the Tournament of Champions. I don't know if you can weigh that. Well, I mean, it's a Tournament of Champions, but anyway, uh, limited, limited field, right? There were, what, 30-plus players there, so kind of finished at the back of the pack. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but, I mean, I do like the uh, the uh, the T5, you know, T10, and... Uh, and he had a T19 here, but it, yeah, he's missed, uh, he's missed four cuts. So I don't know, does it, ha- I'm, I'm looking at this maybe, does it help him that they're going to go from three courses down to two? So you're going to get an extra day on, uh, on Pebble beach. Uh, yeah, we'll see where that goes, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that, that's kind of where I'm going there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, uh, how much money you got left? Uh, I'm going to spend, it's, I got 7,900 bucks left. So I'm leaning towards Malinati. And Malinati here last year was T11. And the recent form on him has been good. So I think that's where I'm leaning. So he's at Farmers. He was 10th. Uh, didn't do well in the AMX, but then the Sony was 14th. Um, I know we played him recently. We like his recent form. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go Malinati on this one. I'm gonna right. Lock it in. Awesome. Well, that'll be good. Oh, not, no James Hahn. <laughs> So, uh, I don't know if James Hahn's going <laughs> to 8,900. You got 8,900 and you're not going Kevin Streelman. No, 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 no. 70, uh, 7,900. Oh, 79. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Now you're not taking Cooch. Cooch. Cooch is. Oh, he, he's out. Oh, he withdrew. Okay. Yeah. I, I missed that then. Yeah. Well, yeah. So by the way, be sure uh, if you haven't done your picks yet, or if you have done your picks and you're just listening, be sure to go and check those. Cause quite a few people looks like, uh, looks like they're withdrawing. So one and done who you got. Uh, I'm going Streelman, man. Damn it, that's what I was going to take. Taking Streelman. I got to come up with another one now because you picked that one. I was going to take him. First, you're taking Speed. I mean, he's just coming off a hot hand. Where, where, where else is Speed going to wind up with this? I might have already short of him. a field mm-hmm. and coming off of the performance that he put in last week. All right, I'll take Speed. All right. Well, you could take Kucher. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna take Streelman, but you but you have them in your lineups. So you take them, so I'm gonna, I'll take I'll take Spieth. Yeah, I'm d- doubling down on Streelman this week, man. I, I think uh, I think he's gonna be the guy. So so we'll see. Well, outside of DJ, let me put it that way. Where's your Where's your Pappy Van Winkle at? That's it's back here behind me. Because you know it's coming up next, guys. Get get your Pappy ready. Get your Pappy ready. Get your get pappy your ready. Pappy ready. Oh yeah, uh, man. We had a great time chatting with um, with Wright Thompson, author of Pappy Land. Uh, you know, I think we actually wound up talking more golf and Tiger Woods than we did Pappy Lamb, but, yeah. uh, but we did sip a little, but all that being said, we had a great time chatting with Wright. Um, hopefully he's, uh, he did say hit him back up. He'd like to come back on the show and, uh, you know, share, share some of his, uh, his writing stories. And you know, he did, a. Uh, he's definitely done done plenty of stuff on Tiger. Uh, I think that conversation was kind of around the new documentary that came out with uh, that we did with uh, yeah. with Matt Hamachick. But um, but yeah yeah what a what a fun dude man. I mean just uh, that that Wright Thompson character just getting into it with him, and uh, we we got to figure out how we can meet up with him one day in person and uh, and pour a few back and and get the. Um, Get the undocumented stories that that guy's got in his wheelhouse because you you know they're there. You there's know Jordan they're there. stories. There's Tiger stories. There's everything. Yeah, and he was in the documentary, right? He said, yeah, 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 yeah. He was. Yeah, they they uh, they they had a piece on him in the documentary. So so yeah, uh, pour yourself a glass of pappy. Um, if you can't find it, uh, whip yourself up a poor man's pappy and uh, enjoy our chat with Wright Thompson. And good luck at uh, your DraftKings picks oh, yeah. this week. Uh, yeah, 
So here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, this is Matt Horanic, and you are listening to Birdies and Bourbon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. We're excited to have Wright Thompson uh, on the show with us today. He just, re- well, I shouldn't say just, uh, what, uh, late 2020, you released Pappy Land. Uh, I'm going to enjoy a little of the day while we're talking. So, uh, Wright, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. Look, uh, you guys got the coolest offices ever. I'm jealous. <laughs> well, I don't know. For, uh, what, th- uh, four years almost? I mean, you had a pretty damn cool office getting to follow uh, Julian around, right? Well, that, uh, yeah. I mean, like my, the amount of whiskey I wrote off on my taxes, uh, <laughs> it's pretty astonishing. I mean, I, I, I was really worried. There, there, was, there was a couple of those I was like, I'm definitely going to get a visit. Like, this, is, this is too far. We've gone too far. Nice. We're, we're releasing oh, completely tax legitimate. Day, so. Exactly. Mean, yeah, yeah. A- a- April 16th. No, this is no, like, it's hilarious. I mean, it's all legit, but it's like there, there was a lot of whiskey consumed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so for folks that don't know, and, and I, I'm, I'm not sure that anybody listening doesn't know who Wright Thompson is, but um, uh, still senior writer for ESPN.com and ESPN, the magazine. That, that is correct. And uh, I mean, I, 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 along with a slew of other stuff, but that is the uh, senior writer is the job that keeps the lights on. Yeah. So, so real quick, and I I know we got you for a short time period, but um, so you, and, and if you haven't read any of right stuff, uh, you you definitely should. I mean, very interesting take on, you know, your outlook and and how you approach things and how you kind of get into uh, the, uh, the story that you're telling. Right. I mean, I I don't necessarily look at things that you're writing and read it as uh, biographical, which I don't think there's any intent there that it is that, but it's more kind of, uh, how do you capture that moment? And, um, you know, it, this is going to go out on a podcast and we'll release on YouTube at, at a later point, but you know, I, I am enjoying some Pappy. I'm sure you got to enjoy some for, for some point. I've been, I've definitely, if you haven't listened to Wright's other, uh, he, he's like, he's a social media fiend at this point. I mean, he's on everything that you could get on and, and, and he's everywhere, well, but, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, I, the, it's funny. Inst- Instagram is totally addictive. I was, uh, uh, the book people made me do it. And uh, like, I have somebody who does it sort of for me, except that I have it and I go rogue. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> you, you can always tell if a bunch of random pictures show up in my stories, it's cause I'm drunk at home. <laughs> oh, this is cool. So I, uh, uh, uh I don't, I don't think anybody likes it when I go rogue. <laughs> Count yeah, us. I got Count the us. passwords. Count us. name on it. I can post whatever I want. It's funny. That's exactly what Dan says to me. He's like, damn it, you're drunk. Don't be doing shit like that. That's true. It's true. Uh, so so Dude, let's... Uh, I mean, let, let, yeah, so how, how did you... So, so how do you go from being a sports rider... So now you're going to write about whiskey and I don't want the can story. You can give us the can story, but I mean, did, did you ever think you were going to want to write about whiskey and bourbon or is it just, it just fell in your lap? All right. I mean, like real talk, uh, my agent basically made me do it, uh, and dragged me kicking and screaming because I was like, man, I'm busy. 
I don't need more shit to do. I also get obsessed with stuff. And so I knew that like I was going to get pulled in down the rabbit hole. Uh, and you know, Julian was, and Julian's really private and like sort of constantly reluctant. I mean, I I bet I bet I spent four years with him and I bet honestly, I didn't use a single thing from the first 15 months. (laughs) You know, I was writing it all down. I wish I'd have known. I could have just skipped all that stuff. Uh, but it took a long time. One for me to even figure out what the story was and two for him to feel comfortable enough. You know, at the end, I just would fire off questions like crazy personal shit that you're not supposed to ask anybody. You know, like I just would text sure. him out of the blue. Do you believe in God? <laughs> you know, like, like just but, yeah, deal with that, Julian. Uh, uh, and so, you know, it, it takes a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So at the very beginning, my agent was just like, you need to write a book about bourbon. And then the more time I spent around Julian, I realized that, you know, I, everything that was going on in his life and my life, while I happened to be going back and forth between Mississippi and Louisville to talk to him, uh, I kept finding that the things that mattered the most to me were the conversations we were having that had nothing to do with Van Winkle or whiskey. And that all of the things, those conversations were making me think about in my own life on the drive home. And so I started and stopped and started and stopped and I hated everything I was writing. And I ultimately came to realize the reason I hated it all was because the most emotional and interesting and important, personally important version of the four years I spent going back and forth wasn't going to be the one that lived in the book. It was going to just belong to me. And that sort of felt like an enormous waste. And even more than that, I mean, just for anybody who sort of has pride in their craft, it just felt like a huge failure. Like if I have this profound experience with this person and I can't figure out how to transmit it to readers, I need to be in a different line of work. And so that was really frustrating and scary because I just was like, I don't understand how I said yes to this thing. And now I'm in this full fucking existential crisis over it. And I was angry with everyone involved in it a little bit. Cause I was just like, well, I don't understand how I got here. Uh, yeah. And then one day I just was like, look, I'm not going to write a book about whiskey. I'm going to write a book about writing a book about whiskey. Nice. And I mean, it sounds stupid, but that's, that unlocked it. No, it's great. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And again, I mean, think about, I mean, and so, so you lived it, you, you, you know, for at least for a time period, I mean, not what they lived it for. And, and the best way to figure it out is to go buy the book and read the book and then you'll get the shit that you need to know. Right. I mean, that, that's the best way to dig into it. But I mean, the, the whole, the whole happy experience is it, it's, it's an adventure. I mean, it's an experience. It's not about, uh, Oh shit, you got a bunch of liquor behind the bar, pour me a glass and let me drink it. I mean, there's a whole fucking process you've got to go through to get a bottle. Number one, to find even a bottle that's available. Number two, is it going to be a price point that you're going to want to buy or, or that you could, that you want to afford to pay? And then number three, it's like, well, shit, am I actually going to drink that because I found it and I paid whatever for it and now I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to, and, and I'm going to share it with people or is it, I'm going to just, I'm just going to put it up there and it's like, well, don't fucking touch that because, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's the part that uh, if there's any insight there. When I get a bottle, I'm drinking it. Uh, I mean, I open them almost immediately. 
Uh, and I don't like, I don't go home and, you know, the, I don't, my 530 cocktail is, I'm not just going to pour myself some, but like I, I go, you know, once I open it, I, any, if you come over to my house, that's what I'm pouring until it's gone. Uh, if it's just me, I got a decanter full of maker's mark, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I get all these emails. People are like, I want to get a present for my brother's wedding or like, uh, I, I want to get a bottle of whiskey. It's a bachelor party or so what should I get? And I mean, I'm always like, look, I mean, the allocated stuff, if you get it, it's awesome. Uh, it annoys me as much as it annoys anyone. Cause I want to be able to go in a liquor store and buy my brand. Uh, I just tell people, look, you know, whether they like, depending on if they like weeded or ride, uh, get a really nice crystal decanter with their initials on it and then get a bottle of Maker's Marker Wild Turkey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause you know, it'll be there. Uh, it's good. Uh, you know, my, and you can refill good. it. Wild Turkey's good. It's not, yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, so yes, it's hard to get. It is cool. I've never won one of those liquor store lotteries, but dude, I enter those all the time. My local <laughs> liquor store here, I got two of them. We have high cotton and social, and I enter every single damn lottery. One day I'm going to win. I sort of thought <laughs> with the book coming out that maybe I would win. Wink, wink. And I got to tell you, I didn't. And I got, I got more respect for them because I thought for sure, like, okay, now, now I'm going to win. And nope, did not. 100% did not. So at least you know uh, it's legitimate I now. Back one, and I was just. It's totally legitimate because I thought, well, if this is rigged, I'm going to win. And so, uh, you know, it's sort of like, you know, they have the random masters. They have a media lottery to play the course the Monday after the course. And I always entered and I never won. And then I had this story that ran that uh, got a lot of attention about my dad. And then I won the lottery the next year. <laughs> so it's like the lottery is not random. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it rigged. Nice. Uh, 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 I showed up. I don't play golf, by the way. Uh, oh three my. of the last five. Are you? Courses hold on, hold up, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, National. wait a minute. But you, but you play. So, so, but you've written about Tiger. I just saw you in the documentary. Oh, yeah. You and you don't play. You don't play golf play. at all. I, I mean, I play like I got a set of clubs. Uh, I play like everybody. You know, I play once a year when somebody drags me out there. Oh, you're and, a drinker, uh, not a golfer. What's fun? A hundred percent. So, but what's funny is this makes golfers so mad that uh, three of the last five courses I've played are Augusta National, St. Andrews and Carnoustie. Oh man, my God. goodness. Like, you, you, you can't see me, you can't, if you're just listening Florida. to the podcast, I'm flipping right off right now. Cause it, yeah, I mean, yeah, what a pisser, bud. No, no, uh, like, I get it. I, no, no, I get it. No, I get it. Like, I understand. Like, by the way, uh, your reaction is totally appropriate. I'm like, I deserve <laughs> the reign of hate. Uh, like it, it's totally reasonable. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, I'm like everybody, like, I was out, I did a story years ago at Defusky Island. Yeah. And they had those, you know, they, they, had a, they had a really great Nicholas course that was being retaken by nature. And so I wrote about the the, the greenskeeper and the uh, superintendent yeah. and the pro, I'm sorry, the pro and the superintendent who were trying to fight to save it. And so I went out and played 16, 17, 18 there a couple of times one afternoon, I was the only person on the course and I borrowed some clubs and there were these like, uh, King Cobra offset irons. Yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden, yeah. like 
I was great. I couldn't believe it. And like I was hitting shots, you know, like I was, my scores had names, not numbers. You know, I was like, I made like bogey par par, which I don't do. And so I immediately, the first thing I did when I got home is go to the, go to Edwin Watts or whatever that story is in Memphis. And I bought that set of clubs. And then I took them out to the old Miss golf course fucking shanked it all over the place and i was just like and i don't think i've swung them since where i was just like you know because i really thought like i've unlocked it i'm gonna be yeah. great at golf like i really like maybe i'm a natural maybe i've just watched tiger woods so many times that like osmosis i'm suddenly gonna have a great swing maybe, maybe no, the secret no, maybe your secret trash. is you just need to take a year off between uh, between rounds I don't know. My favorite thing about, you know, they talk about the 10,000 hours and my favorite thing about Tiger that, uh, uh, you know, they didn't talk about in the doc, uh, Joe Groman, who was the pro out there. I've talked to a bunch. He was in the, all over the doc. Basically what happened is the U S military closed all these bases and so the Seal Beach Golf Course was connected, I believe, to a naval air station because there's a runway that runs past some sort of whole run of the of the course. And so basically, you have to be a certain rank or retired of a certain rank, active duty or retired of a certain rank to be able to play on a military golf course. And they were closing all these bases. So they had this course. So basically what happened is recreational areas assigned to bases could be transferred to other bases if they were at a certain radius. And that works fine if you're in, you know, Fort Hood or Fort Benning, Georgia, where 22 miles isn't that big a deal. But right. if all of Los Angeles is between you and it, it's sort of a problem. So they connected the golf to the Long Beach Naval Base. So no one on that base could cross over and play and there weren't a lot of retired military people there except earl woods lived 1.1 miles from this golf course <laughs> wow. so tiger woods very often was the only person out there it was like he was a sultan's kid who had a private golf course wow and like the pro said some days they would just play cross country but they wouldn't play the holes they would play from one corner of the property to the other yeah. or tiger might go out to number five and play number five for 11 straight hours like so and it's interesting people talk about tiger and his success and yes it's genetics and yes it's earl but it's also that he at the most impressionable age of his life had access to what was essentially a private golf club I mean, there were many, many, many days where he was the only one there. Yeah. Yeah. So we spun real quick from Pappy Land to Tiger, but uh, that's where that's where we are. And uh, you can see Pappy and Pappy and Pappy Land by the book. So you, you got us on Tiger. I want to ask the question. Do you think Tiger enjoyed playing golf until he realized that he had to play golf? I don't know. I think that's a complicated question. I think that I think that joy didn't really factor in at a certain point. I mean, I think that what was going on was much more complicated than yeah. does he like it? You know, uh, I think I mean, that's a really good question. You know, I think he liked winning. 
I think he liked the grind. Well, who doesn't like winning? Who doesn't like success? Who doesn't yeah. like those? But it, but it's like, but you're you're a certain age as a kid, and, and that's hey, this is totally off the cuff. We did not intend for this to go down this road. But to, to your point, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's course. like, but but in the mind of uh, in the mind of the the amateur or the fan, and and be it you know wherever you are in your in your fan relationship, it's kind of like, well, did you you know? So, and, and as a kid, you know, I mean, you, and I've listened to you a few times that so you grew up on a farm and, you know, there, there's certain things that you kind of have to do. And it's like, well, shit, I don't want to do that. And it's like, no damn it, you're going to, you know, taking out the trash or making your bed or you, you, you know, you progress through depending on what your, your nuclear family does for a living and, and, and what your surroundings are. Well, he was going to play golf. And as a kid, you really, you know, I mean, what kid likes to do, you got two girls now or three, right? I mean, and, and what kid likes to do anything that you tell them that they have to do well none of them do right i mean it's always anti you know i'm, I'm, I'm the anti and then you get to the teenage years and it's even probably more like well i know more than you do and then you get to that kind of like i'm 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 a grown-up you know in your 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 early 20s ish and then it's kind of like okay i'm gonna set you free and I, I think it's a very interesting thing to look at. And, you know, did, did, how, how did that play on him from your findings? Well, I think that if you're going to be Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan or LeBron James, you know, it's not are you willing to pay the cost? You have to like the cost. I mean, there's a little masochism for people who are really great at this stuff. You have to like the pain of the 11th hour of training. You have to like the fact that you've sacrificed almost every relationship in your life. And, you know, I mean, like, so I guess to answer the question, like, I don't know if he loved golf. I know he loved what it took to be great at it. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think that that was Earl. I think that that was, I think that is, I, th- I think he still does. So you uh, think you think he liked the and, you think he liked the input know. and the output, but the in between was just uh, it, it was just a due process. Did I hear that right? I, I think he liked I think he liked the input more than the output. I feel like the output was often a relief. Yeah, I think yeah. he I think he hated being Tiger. Like One of the things that's so interesting to me is that his whole professional life was sculpted by professionals who were going off best practices at the time. The only example they really had was Michael Jordan. And the problem is, is that Michael Jordan is an extreme extrovert Mm -hmm. and Tiger Woods is an extreme introvert. Hmm. And somewhere in there, nobody stopped for like five fucking minutes (laughs) to say, hey, maybe we shouldn't do what we did for this guy, for this guy, it was just like the money machine was clicking. And that was Earl. That was Tiger. Of course, he was complicit in all of that. It was Phil Knight. I mean, it was like no one did it on purpose. It's not like they're bad people. And in fact, the three of us, if we'd been asked to create a media and marketing strategy for Tiger Woods, would have come up with the very yes. thing they did. Yes. The, the, the problem is, is that it feels like it broke something. Well, so 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 think think about this though. Think think about when Tiger like kind of came into when he first started, 
And and you hear, you know, in, and I don't want to get into the documentary because that, that's not a you thing, that's somebody else. But you got Tiger that starts down, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden you see Tiger with Michael, with MJ, which are great. They're still great friends to this day. You got him running with Barkley, still good friends to this day. And and I'll, I'll stop at those two. And, sort and of. I've, and, yeah. well, okay, but but I'm fans of all three of the individuals, and and I think they're all three very different people, even though uh, they kind of went down a similar path. But I think they wound up at different different outcomes, and it could be years or whatever. But is, is there a point in time where somebody says, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa Tiger, <laughs> hey, we we need we may need to steer you in a different direction, Vegas, uh, on your on the on, on these, we may we need to go down a different route." I don't think at that point, Jordan said something interesting to me one time that makes sense. Jordan was like, for a while there, everything was coming at us so fast that we weren't really making decisions. Hmm. We were just sort of reacting and hoping we chose right. And I think that there's some of that with Tiger. I think that it was going so fast that it's very easy for us, you know, it's very easy for me, for instance, 10 years after the fact, to go and connect all the dots. I think it's very, very hard and almost impossible for someone in real time to see the dots. And, uh, you know, I, it's interesting. I think we apply motivation to people's actions, and I think we apply judgment to actions that, like, I'm not entirely sure what Mark Steinberg, for instance, his agent was supposed to do. You know, like, I, I don't, when you look at it, I'm not entirely sure what anyone could have done except maybe Earl and Earl had no moral authority and was gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so. Uh, it, well, no, Steinberg you know, says something, really you're, you're fired, not get a new agent. I mean, you, you don't, you, I mean, you're, you're at that point, you're working for the person. You're not, you know, it's just, Hey, make sure when, when something, when shit hits the fan, uh, totally. my, all my contracts need to be legitimate. I mean, that, that's his, that's his role. Right. So. And, and, you know, it's, there's only been one of him. So there's no map for him or for anyone. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to me that, that, you know, the thing I kept thinking about was that his kids had never seen him be Tiger Woods until Mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. And Mark, Mark that. I mean, I think, I think he, I think he said, you know, my kids thought I was a YouTube golfer, you know, (laughs) and in some ways, I'm just grateful for them because, you know, after he's gone, they will sort of have to deal with the size of the shadow. And it would have been profoundly weird to have this third person in your life, which is the ghost of Tiger Woods past, who you had no real understanding of. It would have made it very weird. And I think the fact that they got to see him be him is a real gift uh, for them. And, and, you know, when you think about their lives and their futures and their kids, because it is not something, it'd be weird to have never really known your father or for the, you know, the version of your father that everyone else knows to be a utter stranger to you. That would be, that would be a very weird thing. So that, I don't know that when he won, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm so glad they got to see that. It looks like him surpassing Jack is, 
a challenge right now. Like he's not even not going to do it. It was a lifetime goal. He said, you know, I'll take the the, the surpassing him over a hundred wins or whatnot. If if he doesn't achieve that, and he does he consider that to be a lifelong failure? What do you think he? Because he's an overachiever. What is what is he going after in the post golf career? Is it is it um, Magic Johnson? Is it what what is he what does he want to do? You think for his legacy? Does he want to win something? I don't think we'll ever see him again. Really? I mean, you know, he, he has two he has two boats. Uh, he has, uh, you know, his big yacht is named Privacy. And uh, uh, he has a little fishing boat, not a little like 65 foot fishing boat. It just looks little next to the ship that he has. Yep. Uh, and his, its name is Solitude. Uh, I think, I think Tiger will fish. I think he'll spear fish. I think he'll deep sea fish. I think he'll scuba dive. Uh, I think he will, uh, you know, by all accounts, uh, he is a really involved father who it's very important to him that his celebrity not be this weird person in his relationship with the kids. And I really think that he checks that at the door. I think if, you know, if, you know, friends of Elon say that that's true, uh, I don't think we'll ever see him again. Hmm. I mean, I think that, I think, you know, he'll be very happy to just, you know, fish and hang out on his boat and, uh, and yeah, down to the kids. Bahamas, right? Don't he, he owns like an island or a marina or something in the Bahamas that he'll just go all, and chill out. And... Albany. Albany. Yeah, Albany. Albany uh, yeah. Down there, it's really nice. There's some yeah. big, big ships out up there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really cool. I, I mean, I, I love the uh, – I, I mean, I, I like your perspective on it. it I mean, it's not um, – you know, it's it's very transparent and just t- kind of taking a look at you know the individuals and and again back to Pappy Land and and what you did with uh, with with Julian and all those folks and I and I, I think I know where your true love lies, which is back on the sports side. Which uh, you know we, we're glad. Uh, thank you for taking us there, so we didn't have to take you there. Uh, but but again, I, you know, I, I think that it's I think it's very again transparent in the sense of you know how you how you looked at one versus the other. But I think the community is so much different on from the bourbon community to when you start digging into the sports community. I think there's I think it's completely different. And you've got like this tight knit bourbon community that it's probably a little cutthroat in some forms or fashion. But then you get to the sports world and it's just like no holds barred. I mean, it, it's like this is like WW. E, you know, shit, Hulk Hogan style that that's kind of, and maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, that's what I say, but, it, but there's more of it, right? I mean, it, it's just more pronounced. Well, you know, I mean, this just seems like a, I mean, you guys are good at this. This is almost the perfect place to wrap because <laughs> like, I, this idea, it is interesting to me that this idea, because Julian for a long time had that distillery uh, that plays out in Lawrenceburg. And he was bottling, he was trying to survive, borrowing money and, uh, you know, trying to find whiskey. And he had all this really old equipment that no one had anymore, that none of the modern places had. And when the shit would break, he could call Jimmy Russell over at Wild Turkey. And they had their, all their guys remembered how to work on all this stuff. Cause even though they didn't have it anymore, they still knew how it worked. And so just out of respect for Pappy and for Julian's father, Jimmy Russell would send a crew over there to fix his bottling line. And, uh, you know, you have the families who've done this, who've done it in Kentucky for a very long time are all playing a long game. 
And, yep. you know, long after America only wants to drink vodka again, they will still be doing this. And, uh, the, you know, the kids go to the same schools and, they, you know, they go to the same boarding schools and they all go to Kentucky. And I bet they're all probably in the same damn fraternity. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, it's just a very interwoven world. It's an incestual and, business. Uh, I was very privileged. Yeah, well, it's a, you know, and I was very pri privileged to get to sort of poke my toe in it. And I hope that the people who read the book feel like they get to sort of peek into a world that they otherwise would not be able to peek into. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Perfect. Fair enough. Well, right, Thompson, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I know you got a drop, bud, but uh, we uh, we appreciate it. We, and we'd, really so like much. To, we'd really like to have another chat with you if you have anything coming up or if you have some time to spare, uh, you know, at some other point in time, and it sure. would uh, it'd be great. But, uh, right, Thompson, cheers, sir. Hit me up, man. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank you guys so much. I really hey, appreciate you. your interest. <laughs>